Greg and the team decided that it was going to be a priority uh, to bless all the Sherpa and Porter. So at the end of the trek, we all dragged ourselves into the lodge at Lukla uh, before we're going to board our flight uh, the next day. As tea was being served, we just asked all the Porter and the Sherpa to come gather in, which is, I think, pretty unusual. By this point, they've kind of dispersed back to their communities in Lakba, asked them to hang around uh, for a special ceremony. So they all gathered in, not really knowing exactly what was going to happen. Maybe they just thought they would get uh, their tips, because it's customary as a big part of their compensation is to tip them at the end of the trek. They walk into the room and spread all over the floor is a bunch of gear that the team used for the trek and really doesn't need or just wanted to bless them with. So there were jackets and boots and crampons and hats and oftentimes they were in t-shirts when it was a little colder, uh, jackets that you know had been around a while and so we just wanted to bless them. So seeing their eyes light up when they walk in the room and just seeing all this stuff um, and so then one at a time uh, Lakba called forward uh, one of our team members to bless them with gear and then the envelope had their tip in. It was just electric in the room just to be able to give them hugs and see them smile and you want to know that you were appreciated and valued and that you were seen as a person that, that there was a connection there. So good. Good morning, everybody. Um, I, uh, it, it's, it's, uh, it's not hard to watch these uh, videos they've been putting together. Uh, it's just surreal. Um, looking back on um, uh, a slice in time of what God was doing in your life and how he was impacting you as well as others. And so uh, throughout this uh, series, when we're taking a peek back, it's, uh, it's very surreal to look back and go, Oh, wow, remember that time you were in Nepal and God did a thing and, and, and now here you are. It, it, I, I don't know, it's very weird. Uh, I, I've been processing through uh, not just uh, Mount Everest and, and the series, but last week. Um, for those of you that, that weren't here last week, uh, sorry you missed it and you can't go back and watch it. Uh, for like, it, what's crazy, I was talking to my mom, like for legitimate safety reasons, you can't go back and watch that service. That's a beautiful thing. Like, it, you missed it. So come here every Sunday. Um, like, but those that were here, like, like, does anybody remember? Like, is anybody still processing some of the words that Nancy said? Like, it, man, like, and it, it leveled. Uh, our household. It leveled our friend group, processing through like uh, the work that's being done in India. Nancy's message of a life pointing to uh, a life committed to generosity and sacrifice and faith and forgiveness. But the thing that just cut us to uh, the core was uh, do you believe in Jesus or do you believe Jesus? And the massive difference between those two statements, right? Do you believe Jesus or do you just believe in Jesus, right? Like, I don't know about you, but I want to live in such a way that, like, my life, you know, and everything about it, like, it screams that I believe Jesus, right? That, like, uh, 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 how I live, how I love, how, how I bring hope and healing to a hurting world, like, am I generous in the ways that Jesus tells me to be generous, do I sacrifice in the ways that, that Jesus calls me to sacrifice? Do, do, I, do I have faith? Do, do I forgive in the way that Jesus instructs me to? Or do I just know where to find those key verses in a book that sits on my end table? I want to believe Jesus. I want to live Jesus. I want to reflect Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. How about you? Right? If Noah was up here, he'd be like, you got to do better. <laughs> like we're talking about the word of God, Jesus Christ, King of kings, Lord of lords, the only one who can like look, it bring you life and abundance everlasting now and for the rest of your life. Like you better. Noah would say, you, you, you better wake up for the word of God. <laughs> like those of you that, that are here today that, that like you made a decision to follow Jesus, where is he leading you right now? Where is he leading you? 
Because to follow means that you're being led somewhere, right? It's not a stagnant thing, right? Faith is a verb. It's not, it's not a, where is he leading you right now? Like when Jesus was on earth, uh, he had this habit of leading uh, his followers uh, on mountains, right? And we see this all throughout scripture, both New and Old Testament. And sometimes like Jesus is there by himself, you know, processing with his father. Other times he's there with his friends. Other times he's there with large crowd. But every time he goes up on a mountain, he reveals something powerful. Last week I asked you, what mountain is Jesus inviting you to join him on? Have you started climbing your mountain with Jesus, I promise he will reveal something new to you. He wants you to be his climbing companion. Yes, amen. Thank you. He's awake. Thank you. I need, I need more of the amen. Well done. Right? Like, like th- there's, a, there's this, uh, the message translation of the gospel writer Mark or Matthew when he's like processing right before the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 1 to uh, chapter 5. He says this, he says, when Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed a mountain. Those who were apprenticed to him, the committed, climbed with him, arriving at a quiet place. He sat down and he taught his climbing companions. When we follow Jesus, we are his climbing companions, waiting for fresh bread, waiting for new revelation from the teacher, from our guide. And so over the next couple weeks, this whole teaching series, we are taking a look at some of Jesus' most powerful teachings on the mountain. We're, we're going to look back on some things that Jesus taught all of us on the mountain as we went up to Mount Everest Base Camp. For those that maybe are new, I met a couple people that this is their first time here. Uh, there's a group of us, nine leaders, and those are our Sherpas, our guides. Uh, we gathered together, nine leaders from across the United States, we gathered together to raise money to start new churches to reach children and families that are at risk all over the world. And so our goal was $500,000, and by the grace of God, we were able to raise over $625,000. And it's a huge yay, God, of coming together as one church from all across the country, one church saying we are for the kingdom. We're for proclaiming the gospel in our backyards and around the world. And so we're going to unpack some of those teachings. We're going to steward well what Jesus gave us on that trip. We're going to steward well what Jesus gives us in the word of God. Because powerful things happen when you hang out with a powerful God. Powerful things happen whenever Jesus goes up on the mountain in the gospel of Matthew chapter 17, if you want to follow along. Uh, In chapter 17, uh, we find a moment in history when Jesus took his closest friends up a mountain to reveal something powerful. Matthew 17, 1, it says, six days later, Jesus took Peter and two brothers, James and John, and he led them up a high mountain to be alone. So chapter seven starts out with uh, six days later. And so as a reader, that should trigger you to say, well, what happened six days ago, right? If, if it starts with six days later, well, what happened? We'll turn back a page, right, to your left, or your right, my left. Go back one page, and we'll find out what happened six days ago. And we see that Jesus had just told his disciples six days ago, Some powerful news. He just told his friends that he was going to be murdered by religious leaders in Jerusalem. That would have got their attention. And and, but he went on to say, like, but and I'll also be raised from the dead, and that all of this needed to happen, he told them, right? And, And and now hearing this crazy news, that if like imagine if one of your friends told you that, that'd be pretty wackadoodle, right? You'd be asking, what are you smoking, right? Why are you saying weird things, John? Like if I rolled up into your house and said like, hey, I'm going to be murdered by a bunch of church leaders, and but don't worry, I'll be raised from the dead. Would you believe me? <laughs> One of you would. It'd be my wife. Like So like, w- understandably, it was a very curious moment. And so upon hearing this fascinating news, 
right? This guy, his name's Peter. He hears this news. This is one of Jesus's climbing companions, and he pulls Jesus aside, and he basically tells Jesus that his plan is stupid, right? <laughs> Matthew 6, 22, he says, Peter, he took Jesus aside and began to reprimand Jesus. Can you think of that? I'm going to reprimand you, king of kings, right? And so he says, hey, hey, Jesus, um, like, I can't believe you're saying such things. Heaven forbid you, Lord. Like, like this will never happen. <laughs> Bad move, Peter. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. <laughs> you are a dangerous trap to me because you are seeing things merely from a human point of view and not God. See, even the most intended Jesus people, most well-intended Jesus people, they can be a trap for you. Someone say amen. You ever been hurt by the church? Anybody ever been hurt by some well-meaning Jesus people? In the midst of your hurting and suffering, they, they give you a, a really fancy haiku in scripture and say, oh, don't worry. And then they say whatever comes next, Right? My best is when they say, don't forget what scripture says, this too shall pass. Honey, that ain't, that ain't in scripture, okay? Look it up. Not only are you offensive, but you're incorrect. <laughs> just, just all sorts of bad. See, Peter didn't have the whole picture, and so his advice had some holes, right? But how many times a day do we do this? It's okay. Like, how, like just, just think about how many times that we listen to good advice over God's advice. We do it every day. Some of us already did it this morning, right? Right? All of us woke up because you're here. So that lets me know you woke up. I think you're still awake, right? Like, like you woke up, and what, what's the first thing you do most often? Well, you grab your phone, <laughs> or you switch on the TV. Right, and, and you check in, uh, you know, on whatever, like, station or whether your favorite platform is, and you kind of see what everybody's talking about, and you see what everybody is saying, and you, and you kind of see what today's best word of advice is for today. Like, what's so-and-so saying to really get me through the day? Like, because, you know, Hannity, he just tells it like it is. And so, you know, I just, Anderson Cooper, like, man, he just lets the people know what's best. You know, if Hannah Storm says it's true, then it's true, right? Or if Kylie Jenner, like, she just like gets me I just feel like in my soul she understands me or Bieber like he just makes me want to believe okay listen who you listen to today shapes who and what you do tomorrow who you listen to today shapes what you will do tomorrow so who are you listening to Really? Are we checking in with God for, 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 for 90 minutes once a week, but we got all these other people speaking into our life every single day of the week, eight hours a day? Who do you think is having the greater influence? So, you know, like Peter, like Peter, he wasn't just, he wasn't trying to disrespect Jesus, right? You know, he loves Jesus. That's his man. That's his bro, right? Like he, he didn't want his friend to die, right? So it's not a horrible thing that Peter was trying to say, like, no, this is not going to happen, right? It's not a horrible thing. Well, not for Peter, but because he was only thinking about himself, right? He didn't have God's perspective. He didn't have the whole picture that would have been great for Peter, but not for the rest of humanity, not for all of us and anybody who was born over the last 2,000 years, right? Like if Jesus listened to Peter, that would have really sucked for us, right? Like think about it. If Jesus chose to listen to Peter instead of listening to God, if Jesus was like, you know what? You're right, Peter. You're, you know, I don't want to go to that cross. I bet that's going to hurt. You're, you're, you know what? You're right. You know what? I just love your heart, Peter. You know, this whole, like, I lead with emotion and that's it. You know, I just love that about you. Like, man, you probably do know what's best for me. My dad doesn't know what he's talking about. Man, you are right, Peter. I should, I'm going to listen to you. Never sacrifice kingdom transformation for instant gratification. That's what, hap that, that's what happened in here, right here. Good advice makes us and leads us to what we just want to feel right now. 
and we live in a right now world. God's advice plays out very differently. Like, this is a total boneheaded move by Peter, right? <laughs> like, but, but thank God that we have a savior and a king who loves boneheads. Amen? Right? Like, any other boneheads in the room? Right? Yeah, I thank you. Thank you. See, see, those of us who have gray hair, like either on our head or in our beard, see, we're, we're, we, we know we're the first ones to raise our head, right? Or hand, right? You know, because, yep, bonehead. I lived long enough. I've seen it long enough. I've done long enough because I've made some, yeah, I'm a bonehead, right? Some, some of y'all just don't want to raise your hand because you brought a friend and you don't want to out yourself, right? That's fine. They already know you're a bonehead. <laughs> That's why they said they'd go to church with you. They're like, you need this more than me. <laughs> like anybody, anybody a misfit? Anybody do something that they wish they wouldn't have done? Like, you, you know, they, you, anybody do something that like wasn't the greatest? You wish you could take that back or get a do-over? Remember do-overs? Remember the reset button on Contra? Man, I got so mad. Even with unlimited, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, select, start. Even with that, I still somehow didn't win the game. Like, I just, I needed a do-over. Listen, you can be a bonehead one day and be invited into breakthrough the next. That's who King Jesus is. Because that's what he does right here. Back to chapter 7. Jesus, he takes Peter, John, and James up the mountain. And, and then it says, uh, verse 2 says, as the men watched, Jesus' appearance was then transformed. So his face shone like the sun. Okay, they should know right away something's up. Jesus is like beaming, right? He's like just his face shining like the sun. And all of a sudden, his, his clothes, they became white as light. All right? And then suddenly, in the midst of a sun and rays of light, two guys appear, Moses and Elijah. And they begin talking. They have this little, little confab right here, like in the midst, right? So you got, it sounds like the beginning of a joke. Jesus, Moses, and Elijah walk into a mountain, right? And there's Peter, John, and James. It's like, what? Right? Freaking out. And Peter, like, does the best Peter he can do, right? He's like, it's so wonderful that we're here today and gathered together. Like, what are you saying, Peter? He didn't know what to say in a moment like this. And so he does the best he could. He's like, I know. I'll make some, some memorials for you. You know, the other word is tabernacle, right? The, uh, the word used there. A place where we can dwell and hang out in a tent, some hospitality. We'll get some good eats right now. Order DoorDash. Moses and Elijah, I bet y'all hungry. You've been dead for hundreds of years. <laughs> and, 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 like, I love it. God kind of, like, comes over and just quiets Peter and interrupts him and says, even as Peter was speaking, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and, and a voice from the cloud said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Any fathers in the room, anyone who has influence over students, mark these words well, etch them in your heart, and speak them boldly over the students in your life. This is my dearly loved child, and they bring me great joy. There are very few more powerful words you could ever speak over a student's life, that you bring me great joy, not because of anything you have done or will do, but because of just who you are. You bring me great joy joy. God says, listen to my son. The disciples were terrified, right? <laughs> this would be terrifying this moment. So they fell face down to the ground and, and, and they, they didn't know what else to do. And Jesus walked over and just touched them. And he said, get up. <laughs> I love that. He's so, he's so patient with us. Thank <laughs> you fools. Get up, get up. Don't be afraid. And when Peter, John, and James, they looked up, Moses and Elijah were gone, and they only saw Jesus. It's a powerful moment. It's a crazy moment. Six, just six days ago, uh, Peter was being a bonehead and, and you know, being called out by Jesus. And here he is being invited into one of the most powerful moments in the life of Jesus. Listen, I don't care what you've done. Regardless of who called you out or how bad it was, God is not done with you. Okay? Like, there's some lyrics from a song that just resonate, like, if, if you're not dead, then he's not done, right? Like, I don't care how much of a bonehead you may have been. He's not done with you, so get up and don't be afraid. 
This moment in history is called the transfiguration. Scholars and theologians, they place this moment in the same atmosphere as Jesus' birth, his baptism, his crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension into heaven. Why this moment is so important is because it's one of the first times that we see God elevate Jesus and reveal his true divinity. We, for the early church, you know, and all the people of Israel, like this is the moment where God reveals that this is who my son is. Because there stands Elijah representing all of the prophets. There's Moses representing all of the law. And in their presence, God says, you listen to the prophets. You tried to follow the law. It's time for you to listen and obey my son. He is the one that we have prepared the way for. I love that you want to study the prophets. I love that you want to study the law. But if you are studying the law and the prophets more than you are following Jesus, you've got that order wrong. We've got to look to Jesus, and this is what his father is doing for all of us now. Look to my son and follow him. Listen to him. This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Listen to him. This is a big moment, a turning point in the ministry of Jesus where he elevates his son above all, of, all, of, all other names. We get that twisted sometimes. I just love going back to the Psalms. They just get me, right? I just love going back to like everything is in the process and fulfillment of Christ. Follow Jesus. Now, I don't know why Jesus like only took Peter, John, James up the mountain with him in this moment, right? Because if this is such a powerful moment, why didn't he bring his whole crew, Right? Like, if this was so powerful, I don't know why he did that, right? I, I don't know why he didn't bring the other nine, but he did this three other times throughout Scripture where he would only invite Peter, John, James with him. That once was here, the transfiguration. Another time, there's a guy named Jairus, and his, and his daughter had died, and Jesus raises her from the dead. And then another time, Jesus is, is about to go to his actual death on earth, right? He goes away to a garden to pray, the Garden of Gethsemane, before he's arrested and, and handed over to the authorities. And he says, Peter, John, James, come with me. Like, there's this, I, like, there's this preparation, maybe, that Jesus is saying, hey, I'm going to invite the three of you into these powerful places. I'm going to reveal something about my nature, maybe. like that, that, So they are prepared for what God has planned for them next. See, because I believe that revelation is preparation for gospel transformation. Revelation is preparation for transformation. What is God revealing to you? Are you listening? Are you following? See, Jesus needed to invite them into a revelation of his divine power so that their faith would be forged. He does the same thing with us so that they and us could then withstand the tests, the, the accusations, the temptations, the, the persecution especially for them, for all of the persecution that they would then go through and endure. These three men were game changers, like world changers for the kingdom, right? These three knuckleheads, they, they ended up, you know, transforming the, the entire region because of their faith and proclamation of the gospel. Each of them went to their death proclaiming that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of God. How could they not after seeing and witnessing that? Right up until the last breath, they were doing this. Peter was crucified. John was thrown into a basin of boiling oil. Think about that. And miraculously, he survived. Right? So they didn't know what to do with him. So they banished him to this island to work in the mines. And while he was there, he wrote the book of Revelation. <laughs> Imagine that, a guy who saw one of the most powerful revelations wrote the book of Revelation. And then his brother James, like, he was beheaded for his faith. Some of us are, are fearful of, like, sharing our faith with someone in our community. What, for, for the name they'll call us? For, for the, how they'll look at us differently? What if they unfriend me on Facebook? Uh, 
I'm so sorry for the persecution you're going through. You know, she does get you. You should listen to whoever. Right? Like, really? This guy was beheaded for his faith all the way up until his death, right? What's fascinating about James and, and his, like, whole story and then his execution well, isn't the execution that is fascinating. It, it, it's this. He, he was so passionate about his faith, that the same person who had James arrested because of his faith, the same person ends up hearing this testimony of who Jesus is, and he's so impacted by it that he dedicates his life to Jesus, even though he knows he'll get killed for it. And so in the same moment, knowing that he's going to die the same day, he gives his life to Jesus, is lined up right next to James, and loses his head in the same day. That's a powerful Jesus. <laughs> That's got to be a powerful faith that, that you'd be willing to put your life on the line like that. There has to be a power. There must be power in the name of Jesus. There's power found in what he reveals to us because he's still revealing himself to us. He's still unleashing his power to us. He's still inviting us into gospel transformation to all of us, even though we're a bunch of boneheads and misfits. <laughs> like, but that, we're in good company, though, right? If, if you know your Bible, you know we're in good company, right? Like, like Jesus started his ministry with a bunch of boneheads and misfits, right? A bunch of women and men that, that were completely ill-equipped and, and unqualified and underprepared to then bring about kingdom revolution, right? Like uh, Myron Pierce just this week, he said it this way. I found it fascinating. He said, Jesus changed the world by revealing his true identity to a group of misfits made up of Democrats and Republicans, a radical extremist trained to be an assassin, a member of the IRS, a corrupt banker who steals from the treasury, and a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> Unpack all of that later in your Bible study, right? Uh, then throw in a few fishermen, the virgin mother, and a sex worker, and you've got quite the ragtag group of people that Jesus says, with all of you, I'm going to change the world. Right? Jesus is still in the business of putting together a ragtag group of misfits and boneheads to change the world. The invitation is open to all of you, to all of us, to change the world. I want to wrap up our time today uh, by uh, just uh, sharing some time, doing a little question and answer with a fellow misfit. Uh, his name is Joe Porter. Uh, some of you may know him. You, you got a woo-woo. Someone just gave you a woo-woo. That, that, was, that was fun. You got a woo-woo, Joe. Uh, Joe has, man, he's been hanging around Whitewater and serving and working and loving on this community for over 12 years. He's a young-ish man uh, who is passionate about Jesus. He's passionate about being a father. He's passionate about changing the world by telling good stories, great stories, because great stories can have great impact for our great king. Please welcome up Joe Porter. You got a yeah, Joe. You've got a woo woo. I can I can work with that. Yeah. <laughs> Were you wearing the same uh, flannel? I was. In the I just I have a uniform now. Oh my. Yeah. God. Is this where I'm sitting? I don't know. Okay. Sure. sure. Yeah. Uh, I have my notes here because uh, I'm that guy who has notes. Um, I got a couple of notes too. I know he said you he got had two talkers up here, so we're gonna. Yeah, yeah it, we we both said like we both uh, struggle with the disease of verbosity, uh, meaning even we, saying that word. Yeah, is, so is verbose. <laughs> Just saying it is verbose. So I uh, I wanted to share with you guys um, a peek back to some of the things that God revealed to us while we were on Mount Everest and on that trip. And so I thought um, during this series, I was like, who can I invite up? And I was like, man, let's, let's get the guy behind the camera um, who was behind there telling the story. Let's get him up here. And so we invited Joe to be our videographer on the trip. Uh, that's us. Uh, I don't know what day that was. Um, day two. Day three, two. Yeah. We're still looking pretty fresh. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we still have smiles. 
still looking fit. Um, yeah, uh, there's uh, two bridges in the back, two suspension bridges. You'll see another picture of that later. Um, so uh, I'm just going to ask a couple questions. Uh, we're going to share uh, just some, a bit of a peek inside of our journal uh, from things that Jesus was revealing to us on the mountain. So our first question that I, uh, I asked Joe to think about was, what was revealed to you um, about the nature of the Father? Nature of the Father. I had myself first, nature of myself. Oh, man. Let's, well, I'll jump ahead. Father, yeah. Okay. Well, you, as you were teaching, like, so many things that I had written down in my journal and then made notes on today, you literally talked about today, and I didn't know what your manuscript was, so I feel like God's Spirit is kind of whispering some of the same things. Um, it was revealed to me uh, about the Father, some of the same things that I just started experiencing when I was at home already, that God's Spirit is with me everywhere, not just on the mountain. I know it's easy to say, but like even singing the words this morning, there's not, I had to write it down because it just like hit me. There's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. And um, when you experience God's presence and you feel the Father's love in deep, deep valleys, it has a special meaning when you're on a mountain. And even on the mountain, it wasn't an entire mountaintop experience the whole time. Yeah. If anybody's ever gone hiking, there's like the, the Nepalese flat, our guide, this is flat to them, you know. Yes. This is up and down, but like this is still flat. So there's still lots of peaks and valleys and a lot, a lot of physical. Yeah. Um, and I just, I just am reminded, even this morning, I woke up and I had the, just the treat to see a beautiful sunrise over the city and I was just like blown away at God's presence and his beauty and we get guys we get to experience that every day you we experience that right now in this moment in this worship service you can experience that today with your family with a person in front of you that we're loving by being out in nature what a gorgeous day please be outside today if you can possibly bear it if you have bad allergies I'm really sorry. Uh, that's, that's just a curse. <laughs> Take some clarity. Really sorry for that. Uh, but you, you just don't have, we don't have to wait for the stars aligned. You don't have to travel literally halfway across the world and hike a mountain to be in God's presence. But, man, that's just a beautiful thing when you do get to experience that. And you, we can access that at any moment of any day. So that's, that's what God was revealing to me about the Father. Um, yeah. He's always there. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Like, are you answering these two? I, I am. I okay. am. I, I can't not. Right. That'd Just be, don't be say. Rude. Don't say. I echo that. Yeah, I echo that. Can you not say that? <laughs> yeah. Me too. You can say me too. Just the word <laughs> echo. Like so. This is again not, nothing really brand new. But for me, when I was thinking about like, how did he show himself in a new light? Um, we were walking, uh, it was uh, our final day for the push to uh, base camp. And so we're really in the thick of it now with, uh, uh, you know, in the heart of the Himalayas and, and like just some of the largest, you know, mountains in the world. And we're literally walking in their valley. And so like I've got Psalm 23 playing through my head and I'm walking in the valley. I'm com like we're in the shadow. The, the summits are in the, are in the light. And I'm processing through all the stuff in my life and our lives and like what we're doing and I'm tired and it's starting to snow and I'm like, seriously. And then like just the, the light hits the snow and something clicked and I kind of just smiled as like a snowflake. I know that's even saying the word snowflake is triggering for some, <laughs> right? But like it hit me in the face and I was like, man, and I just smiled. I was like, he delights in me as I delight in his majesty. He delights in me. Like the same God who like made the mountains, hung the stars. He thinks of me. That's his word. His word says that. Like he thinks of me. Thinks of you. He thinks of all of us. He, he thinks of me. I'm on his mind. He delights in me. Oh, my gosh. And it just kind of washed over me that that God who does all that, he delights in me. That, that was uh, a new revelation that kind of um, tucked that one away because there's some days where I feel like no one would delight 
in me. So, yeah. Uh, second question. Uh, this is about yourself. Okay. Um, I I did. I was a I was a bad host. I changed the order of my interview <laughs> questions, and okay. then I did not tell We're my guest. <laughs> so about myself. Yeah. What did God reveal to you about yourself? One thing He revealed is that to cope with pain, sometimes I sing weird songs. So like going up the mountain, I was singing. It was just going through my head. I couldn't get it out. It was super spiritual. It was half of me wants a cold beer. The other half wants to, right? So that was in my head a little bit. He's not the, wrong. The team was very, uh, that was much to the Confused. Team, so that wasn't super spiritual. Um, the biggest thing that God revealed about me, and it was a reminder of just what I experienced going up until that trip, is I am dust. That was what I, there was a lot of dust yeah. when we were hiking. And so... Until you've, many of you could raise your hand if, said, if I said, how many of you have experienced a time in your life where you were just dust? You were, you were diminished to this spot on the ground where you're just down on your face. And I don't mean self-deprecation. I don't mean beating yourself up. I mean seeing yourself in front of a holy God and you're down on your face saying, God, I cannot do today without you. Actually, let's raise our hand. Anybody been in that spot in your life? I pray that we can actually start every day that way now, right? A healthy view of ourselves to say, God, I'm dust. Um, I, on, the, on the plane ride to the first town that we flew into on a tiny little scary plane, I was crying. It wasn't because I was scared of the plane. I should have been. I was yeah, you were. too dumb to think about that. <laughs> but just seeing the mountains and seeing my future climbing companions around me and just thinking about like what God had been doing in my life, I just started, I just was bursting into tears, just overwhelmed with gratitude, um, seeing beauty around me, um, knowing that I'm loved by God without doing anything. Like I don't have to do anything on this trip. I was, there, I was there to shoot video and do a documentary and it was super fun and cool, but I don't have to do any of that for God to be pleased with me. Um, <sighs> And, and John spoke that into my life, too. He was like, Joe, just enjoy yourself and, and, and be in his presence, and let's see what happens. And hopefully you get to see some of that next week, and I was excited to do that. But he's just thrilled with me. You said this earlier. He's just thrilled with me as his child. And, um, man, that's a beautiful thing because even as a father, as a screwed-up father who doesn't do a lot right a lot of times, but I want my son to know that I'm just thrilled with him. Just who he is. And he doesn't, he doesn't have to show up. He doesn't have to learn how to shoot video. He doesn't have to do anything. And that's just a beautiful thing because the only times I'm like that and when I'm able to communicate that to him is when I'm living in the spirit. And I recognize how God has done that in my life. So just being on the mountains just boils that out of me. Um, yeah, back home. That's good, man. Back home, that's just like, that's the good that's stuff, sad. man. That's good. You said brings me great joy. That's, wasn't that the? Yeah. That was what Jesus heard his father say. So, yeah. It brings me great joy. Do you have time for another answer to that? Yeah, sure. I, I got, okay, I you got guys it. okay? I know yeah. it's like, you're like, good grief. We're getting to the end, guys. Yeah. Just thank you for indulging me. I, I hope God speaks to someone uh, who is going through some similar things of pain and hurt in their life. Um, I I had to listen to some of my trusted climbing companions, um, and I received a lot of affirmation. I received affirmation from John, everybody on the trek, some things that the way they were seen in me and how God wired me. So I don't know if anybody out there experiences this this, uh, reel that goes in your head of who you are and who you think that you were raised to be, and they're like, okay, I'm this I'm just a hard worker, or I'm a creative person, or I'm this, and, and you have this identity in your head. So I've always just been kind of seen as like, I usually like to make people laugh, and I usually kind of joke, and I'm creative. People kind of uh, say these things, and I'm just, I, I hold those as like an identity thing. But what was affirmed on the trek was things I'd never heard in my life. It was um, how well I listen, how I show compassion, 
um, and honest and vulnerable. And that was really encouraging because those are the very things that through God's spirit, I just asked him to work on me in my life, that God shaped me into the person that you want me to be, not just who I grew up to be, not based on my parents or the job that I had. And so I just, that was a word that God gave me through his people to say, I can embrace all those things. I'm not just the video guy. I can still do that well, but I'm so much more to that, more than that, thanks to God. So that was just a a beautiful thing that God's people spoke into my life. And I pray that somebody's in your life today that can speak that in your life. You're not just anything. And if I'm sorry if somebody has told you that in the past where you're just a follower. You're not a leader. That's not true. So, okay, I'm done with that question. So good. That's all I got to say about that. So good. That's all I got to say about that. I uh, I thought about skipping this uh, and going to the next question, but um, maybe you should. I listen to God's spirit, John. <laughs> well, I don't think it's I don't think it's God's spirit. Oh, okay. I, I think it's I think it's the lie of uh, I think it's the lie of of the clock. Hmm. We're so programmed in the West to be a slave of the clock. Yeah. Uh, the enemy doesn't want me to be vulnerable in front of hundreds of people. We'll do it. Yeah, I know. Answer I'm it like, I'm, if somebody has to leave, they can leave. There's no shame if you got something yeah, going bye. on. Yeah, that's fine. So I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's like that. Go for it. <laughs> for real. <laughs> I know, right? We're all adults here, right? Like, uh, so like, uh, God revealed to me that, uh, <laughs> this is a horrible setup to that. Great. I just realized, uh, <laughs> God revealed to me that I need to let go of what others say about me and Mm. care more about what God says about me. Um, Mm. Like he made it really clear to me that like, uh, like it kind of like the light bulb went off right as we crossed the Hillary bridge, if you remember, um, which is like the highest suspension bridge Mm. in the entire world. Right. And so we just crossed this crazy thing. Like if you fall, you're dead. Boom. Like that fast. Uh, And I said, Joe, can you snap, snap a picture? I didn't really tell him why. I just needed to, like, mark the moment. And this was that moment. And, and it was just a, a very subtle, like, leave behind the lies mm-hmm. is what I heard. Leave behind the lies. That he gently just pulled me aside and, and, and just telling me that I let people influence my thought life because of who they say I am more than who God says I am. Yeah. Right? Like, so he was trying to, like, reinforce this, like, John, like, these truths, like, you're more than enough, right? You, that you are actually loved, right? That, that you are actually a good husband. You are a good father. That, that you are a leader worthy of following. That, like, I'm chosen, purposed, called, and purposed, and made in God's image with a plan set apart, like, for his kingdom, for his glory. Like, this is who you are. Why are you listening to anything else? And I just needed to leave some lies on the mountain. And when I came back, some dear friends, your daughter, said to me, she didn't know what God said to me. She just said, don't resurrect what God buried on the mountain. I had to leave behind some of the lies. Then he revealed that to me. Um, That's good. I uh, I want to go to question three, man. Uh, this for me is uh, um, I'm nervous to ask you this question um, because of who you are, uh, and I welcome that in my life. Um, but I, the question was, what did rev- did God reveal to you about me on the mountain? I don't know what he's about to say. He texted me that question. I was like, can I just clarify what you're asking here? Is that a, was that a pronoun? Uh, Was that a slip? No. Like, um, you, because I think it's a good, healthy principle, not, uh, whether it's positive, negative, correcting or challenging. Uh, you need to ask the people around you, especially your climbing companions. mm -hmm. What do you see going on in me? Yeah. Because a lot of times we can't see it for ourselves. Yeah, I, I won't go as far to say what God revealed to me. I don't, know, I don't know if I can speak for God about what he's revealing to me about you, but I can say what I 
observed, and many of y'all know that John was sick for like, you know, it seemed like most of it, like something got inside of him and was eating him alive and it was bad. So I, I, what I observed is your ability to withstand pain. I mean, physical pain, but what comes, anybody in the room who's experienced physical pain, what comes after the physical pain is mental pain. And like you struggling with the fact that you feel crappy all the time. And then he's, you know, you only missed out on one side hike, but like your ability to withstand pain is phenomenal. And I know that's because of what you've experienced in your life. You're like, this is nothing, right? (laughs) And even through that struggle of just feeling nauseous, every time a soup would come out, we, we ate a lot of soup. And it was, I loved it. But every time a soup came out, it was all aromatic. John was just like, ooh, <laughs> just like and porridge in the morning and like all kinds of weird spicy foods. And I'm just over there just shoveling it in. And John's over there just like doubled over. By the end, like my diet literally was two spoonfuls. I don't mean like yeah. heapings. I mean like literally a normal spoon, two bites of rice. Yeah. And that's all I could take. Yeah. So I know that was eating you up inside. No pun intended, (laughs) eating you up. But even through all of that, what I observed is your ability to listen to people's stories along the way, be a good listener, encourage people. And that, I mean, that's basically what ministry is, is just showing up for people and loving them through your hurt and pain. You can't wait for a day where I'm like, I'm feeling hunky-dory today. I'm ready to love. Let's do it. And that was just like a physical manifestation, I know, of what you endure on a, a regular basis. And, you know, you could have just sulked, you know, and just be like, and, and you just, you didn't. Um, so that was a beautiful thing to, to watch. So. Thanks, man. Wow. I, uh, you can skip this one if you want. No, this me. this okay. one I I was thinking really like what did God show me in, in Joe like and like what what did I see in Joe what did I observe and I uh, dude it was like I've known Joe only for like three years right so that's my body of work right and and there's been highs and lows and there's been uh, the normal grind in between and when we went over we had this like. Like, kind of like I had a bro moment of, hey, we need to have a heart-to-heart of just who we are and how we're doing, really. And it kind of set the tone of, like, oh, we're going to enter into a, a, a deeper, more authentic place in our relationship. And so it, it set the tone for it. And so then I just, it got, God got my attention with it. And so I just was watching. And what God showed me, um, that you have a, a, I don't know, I can't speak for anything prior to this moment on the mountain, but I watched him draw you into a deeper place of worship with him um, that most of others did not or do not. Um, and, like, I would watch as, like, Joe would just, like, while the group was going one way, he would slip off in another direction just to be with the Father. And, like... Uh, he doesn't know I, I snapped this picture, but, like, there's this moment where he's looking out over, like, a, I don't know, a massive ravine, and he's just sitting there, like, in worship. And, like, I snuck up like a ninja behind him. I could have pushed him off the edge. Right? That's trust right there. <laughs> and over right there. I'm, I'm, if and, I go like that, I'm that's good, okay dude. okay if I go like that, yeah. right? And, like, he just would, he would find new ways to just sit with the Father and watching you do that, it, um, what's the word? Uh, it, it corrected some things in me. Um, as a guy who does something on a platform that we call worship services, right? Um, it, your posture of worship, it just taught me, like, never let the manner in which we worship become more important than the one we worship, But how often do we do that as a ministry? We worry about 
the lights and the sound and what song and type of song. And do you like that type? Do you like that style? Make sure we throw in at least a hymn every now and then. But we don't get too many hymns because then we'll drag it down. But what if we do too many this way? And what if we, what if they don't like it? Like, or what if we do it in this style? It's like don't let the manner in which we worship be more important than the one we worship. It's like, so like whether we like it or not, like mm. there's people always watching us to see like, do you really worship the father or do you worship a practice of worship? Like, yo, ouch. Yeah, so how many it, times have we walked out of the service? Anybody ever asked this question? How was worship? How was worship? I don't know. You answer that. How was worship? You, we should be answering that. When I walk out, right, we should how be did at, I worship? How do I approach a king? Like, it should be like, how was yeah. your worship? Yep. Mm-hmm. Not, how was worship today? What do you think of worship today? It went long. What do you think of worship today? What do you think of worship, right? Yeah. No, how was your worship? Isn't that why God's people gather? Mm-hmm. Right? We, we don't, right? <laughs> she said she amazing. She said amazing. You're, no, that's good. But, the, that's, but that's good. I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful God is blessing you yeah. with that. Um, how was your worship to the king, the Lord of Lords, the Lord Most High today? Yeah, I, uh, I, I just want to maybe wrap with this. Not wrap, wrap. I already did that once. Um, yeah. Uh, last question, promise. Um, what did he reveal to you about purpose? Hmm. Well, it, it was revealed to me a, a little bit through uh, journaling. So I journaled every day and I continue that um, practice now more like every few days. Uh, but when you're in the thick of it, I was journaling multiple times a day and God was speaking to me through dreams, which was not unusual for me. I welcome that and I ask God to do that on a regular basis. So he revealed to me through some dreams that I was still holding on to some, uh, to some anger and resentment. Um, I was reminded that through that dream that that's not part of who I am. It's a real feeling needs to be acknowledged, but I have to be willing to acknowledge that pain and wrestle with that pain to be able to move on and experience the new things that I knew God had for me.